This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Leftist politicians in Canada think they should choose what we get to see on the internet. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and it's time for a reality check. Just before we get started with today's show, a quick announcement from me. Today will be the last episode of this season of Reality Check. So thank you all so much for your support. I've really enjoyed reading your positive comments about the show. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, but I'm not going anywhere. So stay tuned for what's next with True North. On today's show, we're gonna be talking about free speech and the internet because ever since Elon Musk finally took over Twitter, the left has been losing its collective mind. Musk has stated before that he's a, quote, free speech absolutist, and this has a lot of leftists worrying that the platform's gonna devolve into one for hate speech and vile comments. Now, free speech should be a principle that all Canadians can rally behind, but as of late, leftists have decried free speech as just hate speech with impunity. As a result, they argue that the government should curtail or limit freedom of expression in Canada so to protect the vulnerable. A study from the University of Saskatchewan suggests that there's actually a strong relationship between a person's political perspective and their views on free speech in Canada. The study shows that 98% of left-leaning respondents wanted limits on free speech in Canada, and also left-leaning respondents were far more likely than right-leaning respondents to say that government and corporations should have the power to curtail misinformation and hate speech. So before we get into why this is concerning, perhaps we should take a quick background look at freedom of expression and the concept of hate speech in Canada. In Canada, your freedom of expression is safeguarded by the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But there's a catch. The preamble to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms states that this freedom is subject to reasonable limits. So you don't have the freedom to express anything you want in Canada because it's technically illegal to say anything that, quote, willfully promotes hatred. And this is actually a really important distinction between Canada and the US because you might think that we have the same free speech or freedom of expression in Canada and the US, but there's actually quite a big difference between those laws. So in Canada, hate speech is illegal, but in the United States, the First Amendment actually protects freedom of speech, including the right to express hateful comments and offensive opinions. As Tristan Hopper points out in the National Post, unlike in the US, you can actually go to jail in Canada for saying the wrong thing. All right, so now that we have a bit of a background just to clear the air on freedom of expression in Canada, there are two current bills before Parliament in Canada that are raising alarm bells. The first is Bill C-11, and this is a bill that provides the CRTC with the power to regulate online publishing and require streaming platforms like YouTube and Netflix to show Canadian content more than they do right now. So this bill actually passed third reading in the House, which means it's passed through, it was voted, it was approved through the House of Commons, and now it's moved on to the Senate. Uh, It moved on actually last month in October. The second bill is Bill C-18. And this bill would require tech giants like Facebook and Google to negotiate deals to pay legacy media outlets in order to make their news content available on those platforms. 
So this bill has passed second reading in the House of Commons, and so it's currently before committee, still in the House. Unsurprisingly, I think both of these bills are terrible ideas, and I'm certainly not alone on this. In fact, Canadian YouTuber JJ McCullough, I highly recommend looking for some of his content, a quick search on Google or YouTube, you'll find a ton of it, him speaking out against Bill C-11. Now he's a successful Canadian YouTuber who has reached a good deal of success without any sort of help from government regulation. And so he offers some really interesting insights into why Canada just simply does not need this legislation. One of the points he makes is that adding CRTC regulation over online content will actually add quite a barrier to entry for any voice, any Canadian creator wanting to launch a YouTube channel. So there's a lot of boxes you have to check, a lot of hoops essentially that you have to jump through to prove the extent of your Canadianness. In fact, the idea that we need the government to add all these layers of bureaucracy and get its hand meddling in the YouTube world or in fact any online content creation it's just so ridiculous because right now there are no barriers to entry for Canadian creators. You can sit in your basement and record a YouTube video, pop it up online, and if it's popular, if people enjoy your content, then it will be viewed. There are many, many, many successful Canadian content creators and they haven't relied on government to reach that level of success. So this law is just simply not needed. And in fact, it would be counterproductive by creating barriers to entry for new creators. Moving on, Bill C-18, the second bill, which would essentially force the tech giants to pay legacy media for their news coverage, that's obviously a terrible idea and you need look no further than what happened in Australia when the Australian government tried to do this. As the BBC reports, Facebook blocked Australian users from sharing or viewing news content on the platform in response to a proposed law, which would make tech giants pay for news content on those platforms. So essentially the government said to Facebook, you've got to start paying legacy media. They said no and pulled out of that country. And there's nothing to say that they couldn't do the exact same thing here in Canada. So if you're trying to promote Canadian content and Canadian news, well, it's not going to do anyone any favors if Canadians can't access it on Facebook. So while there are obvious problems with these laws, they're both redundant and counterproductive, they actually reveal some more common problems with leftist thought in general namely that they're against individual choice. It really should not be that complicated an issue that Canadians should be able to choose what they want to watch online. And it's a bit of an insult to all Canadian creators to suggest that Canadians wouldn't want to choose their content anyway, which they're currently doing, that they need the government to help promote it. Additionally, this shows the leftist propensity to subsidize dying industries. If an industry is dying, there's probably a reason. Maybe it needs to change. Maybe it needs to innovate. There are many successful media companies outside the legacy or traditional media that have been thriving in the same environment, the same time that the legacy media is failing. So instead of the government perpetually asking how it can take more money from taxpayers and give it to the failing legacy media, what they ought to be doing is saying, how can you innovate to perhaps create content that Canadians want to see and want to pay for? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. 
But ultimately, these bills are about increasing government control over what Canadians can see and the content that we can consume, and that's terrible for Canadian democracy. This show is about debunking leftist myths. So what are some of the leftist myths or the thoughts that underlie these two terrible online censorship bills? The first leftist myth is that freedom of expression is actually just a way to allow for hate speech with impunity. Leftist politicians have argued that online censorship is necessary to protect Canadians Canadians against this sort of hate speech. But this is clearly redundant because hate speech is already illegal in Canada. So originally the government claimed that these bills were about combating online harms, but illegal speech, uh, including things like child pornography or terrorism, those sorts of content, those are already illegal in this country. So it really is not clear why this bill is necessary. And leftists tend to be fairly loose surrounding their definitions of what constitutes hate speech. Some would even go so far to argue that anything that's simply offensive is hate speech. And this is really problematic because as Canadian intellectual Dr. Jordan Peterson points out, you have to risk being offensive in order to think. But of course, this idea is not new. Take a listen to former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. But unless you have freedom of discussion, over a whole society, you soon cease to have any new ideas. Don't you find that new ideas develop when you can talk about them with other people? If you can't discuss them freely because there is a correct view, you soon cease to have new ideas. Now, the interesting thing, I think, in the Soviet Union is that a good deal of the, the different <clears throat> views come from people who have to be trained to think mm -hmm. in the scientific sphere because Russia would never have had some of her achievements. After all, she did get up the first Sputnik unless she'd trained people to think in the scientific sphere. Now, you can't train them to think in maths and science without having the power for thought and thinking new ideas spilling over. And it's interesting to me, you see, that a lot of your people who've been thinking new political thoughts, unwelcome to the regime, have often been those who've come from the scientific sphere. Obviously, no mainstream federal politician in Canada would ever be in support of hate speech. The issue and the real question is, who gets to define what hate speech is? Because there's a real risk, historically we've seen this play out, that politicians or governments can actually end up just labeling hate speech that they don't like or that's critical of them as hate speech. Now, while that doesn't sound like something that could happen in Canada, it sounds quite outlandish and not something that would happen in a free and democratic society like the one we live in here in Canada, a lot of Canadians were very concerned when there was the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa and the Prime Minister's response was to call people who were criticizing his government's pandemic policy racist misogynists. Of course, in today's day and age, those labels are likely to get you canceled and being canceled is a really great way to stifle any sort of criticism about your government. Now, the second part of the argument that leftists use to say that freedom of expression should be limited is that they say that it has to be limited in order to protect vulnerable groups. But historically, the main tool that these groups have used to overcome those hardships is freedom of expression. Freedom of expression has historically helped them to criticize the government's oppression and secure rights. 
So thinking back to 1918 in Canada when women secured the right to vote, women's suffrage was secured by speaking out loudly and critically of government. And if that sort of expression is suppressed, then obviously those rights can't be won. So freedom of expression really is the best tool against unfair treatment by the government. Next, it's false to assume that you're protecting the vulnerable by suppressing freedom of expression. If these views exist, they're still going to exist whether someone's allowed to say them online or not. The argument could be made that it's better off in sunlight so people can refute these arguments, debate them, have arguments in public so that the best argument and the best reasoning can win out at the end of the day. If you suppress bad ideas, not only are they more likely to fester, but they're also more likely to grow and gain more attention because if the government's drawing attention to them by suppressing them in the first place, then somebody who might not have even been exposed to this bad idea now is attracted to it because they're curious about the government suppression of the information. This idea is explored in Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff's book, The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. And they talk about how the coddling of the American mind, certainly on the American campus through things like safe spaces, but also in general society through things like censorship by governments is really setting the society up for failure because everybody benefits when ideas are debated in the public square. And so really, while government censorship to quote unquote protect the vulnerable might sound like an idea with a good intention, it actually is a bad idea that will be really detrimental in the long run for our country. So to conclude, instead of limiting what Canadians can see and say online, leftist politicians should revive a respect for freedom of expression. Free speech makes our country a better place because it allows us to think and talk about ideas in an open format and really discover which ideas are best. This is critical for any modern day democracy and putting limits on freedom of expression just stifle the process. Worse, it opens the door for potential abuse of these laws. Governments could easily label criticism as hate speech and relegating bad ideas to the darkness doesn't get rid of them. It just allows them to fester and grow even bigger. So here's a reality check. Canadians don't want and don't need the government to regulate the internet. Bill C-11 and C-18 are both redundant and counterproductive. Canadians should be able to choose what they want to hear and what they want to see. And in a vibrant democracy such as Canada, the government shouldn't be working on putting up barriers to freedom of expression. Well, that's our final show for the season of Reality Check. So thank you all so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you liked the show. As I said, I'm not going anywhere, so stick around to see what's next for me with True North. And of course, as always, if you appreciate the work that we do and you think that it's important to Canada, then please consider making a donation. You can do so at donate.com. TNC.news. This is Reality Check, and I'm Jasmine Moulton.